Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Baum of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 103. So for the next few weeks, I'm choosing my favourite episodes from the back catalogue. With 100 episodes to now choose from, I'm taking this opportunity to revisit some of the episodes I've most enjoyed putting together. Now, last week, I revisited the episode where I shared four game-changing questions that will transform your museum and gallery programmes. But this week, I'm returning to one of my long-time enthusiasms and passions. I'm sharing 12 fantastic reasons to get started with slow looking. Now, now that we're over 100 episodes, this podcast is a huge resource, but it's also quite an undertaking. It takes hours of work each week to ensure that new episodes are designed, edited and released. If you want to support the show and keep it going from strength to strength, you can do so on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll put a link in the show notes. You can also help this podcast reach more people by sharing about it on your own social media accounts and also by sharing, liking and commenting on mine too. Do recommend The Art Engager to all your friends. Thank you for all the support. It really does help keep this show growing. So here is this week's episode. This episode originally aired in February 2022 and it coincided with the launch of the Slow Looking Club on Facebook. This group is a place for conversation and discussion about engaging with art, objects and life slowly. And it's also a place for making slow looking a regular practice in your life. We have monthly themes and regular get togethers. If this sounds like something you'd be interested in, if this sounds like something you'd be interested in too, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can sign up as well. Now, I could talk for hours about slow looking. It underpins everything I do in my work and it's also a part of my daily life. I'm impressed that I've managed to distill the benefits here to just 12 things. I think that there are so many more benefits to be had. Maybe that's the subject of another episode. Anyway, here are 12 wonderful reasons to get started with slow looking. Enjoy. Slow looking is simply the art of learning through observation. And as I've mentioned in the past, slow looking has become much more well known in the last few years, with some large museums now offering online and in-person slow looking sessions. So with the huge interest in museums and well-being as well, it's really put slow looking into the spotlight. And I've been working in this way for more than 10 years now, and I can wholeheartedly 
recommend it to anyone, even if you're an individual wanting to incorporate slow looking into your practice, or if you're an educator, guide or creative looking to slow looking as a way of engaging and connecting your participants to art and objects. But don't just take my word for it. Why would you want to slow down and spend time with just one artwork or object? Why is it important to practice paying attention and noticing more details? So as I say often, looking at something slowly and carefully is in itself a rewarding process. The artwork or object becomes more interesting the longer you look at it. But more than this, there are known benefits of slow looking. And in this episode, I'm going to take you through 12 reasons why you, yes you, should start get started with slow looking. So the first reason, it's probably the most obvious reason, develop your observational skills. So we live in an image-saturated world. And understanding how images communicate information and ideas is really important. But how well do we observe the world around us? We're so used to scanning and scrolling and skimming. And we live in this culture of inattention. We miss so much. So developing a practice of slow looking will immediately strengthen your observation skills. You can teach yourself to notice more or to be more attentive to your environment, to see beyond first impressions and look a little deeper. And looking at objects in everyday life or objects in museums can improve your visual acumen and make you more alert, more aware and more attentive to details in all aspects of your personal and work life. So if you practice slow looking regularly, your observation skills will noticeably improve. Your ability to describe and use descriptive language will also get better as you notice more details and find more precise ways to describe what you see. The second reason, slow looking as a tool for learning. Now, in her book, the fantastic book on slow looking by Shari Tishman called Slow Looking, The Art and Practice of Learning Through Observation, Shari defines slow looking as a mode of learning, a means of gaining knowledge through observation. And slow looking really is an antidote to our fast-paced world and our shorter attention span. It creates a much more immersive experience with a piece of art, a text or any other kind of object. In her book, Shari Tishman provides four strategies to approach slow looking. Categories, open inventory, scale and scope and juxtaposition. And all of these Different categories encourage you to go beyond first glance and provide support so that you can do it on your own as well. The categories encourage you to make your own observations rather than sort of see what experts tell you you should see. So slow looking really helps everyone 
to notice more. But in particular, if you're using slow looking in the classroom, it can really support learning. And there's a great article I'll link to in the show notes by Emily Boudreau, and she talks about the art of slow looking in the classroom. And she says that slow looking helps students navigate complex systems and build connections. It fuels empathy and self-awareness. It helps students to build off the ideas of others and to think together. And it helps students to learn to describe in detail. So that's in the classroom. But outside of the classroom, slow looking has learning benefits for all of us, young, old and in between. And those benefits I've just mentioned from Emily Boudreau's article also apply for adults too. There are positive reasons for get adults involved with slow looking as well. Number three, slow looking improves your well-being. So a lot of recent studies have shown that art has a dramatic impact on a person's health, their outlook and the way they view the world. Viewing art slowly has a distinct effect on the brain. It can trigger the release of feel-good chemicals such as serotonin and dopamine. And also slow looking is an ideal practice to help us disconnect. Disconnect from our reliance on technology, on our phones, to engage the senses and to slow down. Now, a few years ago, I was interviewed for an article in a Dutch health magazine about the different environments in which you can find peace. And I talked in this article about the value and importance of going to museums and finding time to focus and concentrate. Now, in an age where the average person checks their phone at least 100 times a day, our brains are slowing down. There's a great book by Adam Ghazali and Larry D. Rosen called The Distracted Mind. And in this book, they talk about the need for us to retrain ourselves to become comfortable with sustaining our attention on a single goal. And they also mentioned that we need to learn the value and appreciate the value and to even feel the value of sustained attention. In a nutshell, we need to get better at sustained attention on one thing and to learn to appreciate the benefits of it too. So spending time with one artwork or one object offers refuge from the rush and it gives us time to slow down and see the details. I remember an article in the Observer newspaper and it talked about art making you smarter and in that, the author and art historian said that looking in art, at art is more or less like sending your brain to the gym. It makes you smarter and more creative. Number four, slow looking helps you to learn mindfulness and meditation skills. So as I said at the start, lots of organisations and individuals are now offering slow looking sessions, either in person or virtually. And some of these sessions have a more mindful approach. They offer elements of mindfulness, meditation and groundedness. Now, as I've said before, slow looking doesn't have to include these techniques, but it does have a meditative quality about it naturally. 
I think of slow looking as a tool for learning that is also a meditative practice. We're using an object or artwork as the anchor for our attention, but I don't believe it has to include meditation per se. For a great example of a mindful approach to slow looking, do a search for Peter Clothier. And he has been running one hour, one painting sessions for years, since 2013, I believe. And his sessions combine elements of meditation and contemplation. If you look at the video that's on his website, you can see that he begins with a brief introduction to closed eye breath meditation. He encourages his participants to relax and refresh the eyes, and he helps to get rid rid of expectations and judgments. Now, in his sessions, the facilitator guides the process with brief instructions and directions. It's a slow-looking individual experience. It's very interesting because there's no discussion or interaction and each participant experiences the work as fully as possible for themselves without interruption. And at the end of the hour, he invites the group to discuss together. So there is some group interaction at the end. And also on this podcast, don't forget in episode 24, I chatted to Louise Thompson of Manchester Art Gallery about her mindfulness programs with art. So lots of resources there. Five, slow looking develops patience. So we could all use a little extra patience, right? And Jennifer Roberts, she's a professor of history of art and architecture at Harvard. She asks her students to select a painting from a museum and then go and study it for three hours. Now, she describes this experience as a painfully long time to look at an artwork and an exercise in patience. And she said that she frequently encounters resistance from her students at the start of the exercise. A lot of them saying, how can there be possibly be three hours worth of things to see and think about in a work of art for three hours? However, after doing the assignment, she says her students have repeatedly told her that they have been astonished by the potentials that this process unlocked. So in a world where everything is pushing us to speed up and be distracted, slow looking teaches us the value of patience and slowing down. You don't need to spend three hours with an artwork, by the way, unless you want to. You can do anything from three to five minutes at first. And over time, you'll find that it becomes easy to spend 10 to 15 minutes looking and noticing. So we're on to number six now. Slow looking is good for the soul. Looking at something slowly and carefully is certainly soothing for the soul. But unfortunately, other pressing demands always get in the way, your endless to-do list or the requests of others. So you could think about devoting some time each week to focus your attention on something. You could see it as an exercise in improving the way you see, the way you notice and experience the world, or even just a welcome break from the need to be busy and efficient. 
So do go back to episode seven, where I talk about developing a daily slow looking practice. You can pick one of the activities in this episode, do it every day for a few days and see what happens. And after a few days, you should start to notice a difference. Okay, number seven, slow looking is crucial for creativity. So looking at art or objects slowly can supercharge your creativity, something that is so important for innovation. Now, if you're stuck working at home or in an office, remember those days, <laughs> it's great to have a change from your usual environment. It's great to go somewhere different, such as a museum, to refresh the creative side of your brain. And stepping outside of your comfort zone in an unfamiliar place allows you to refocus your perceptions and see things afresh. Discussing art in a group also asks participants to develop thoughts, to brainstorm options, to problem solve and use their imaginations. And looking at and discussing art sharpens these skills by encouraging multiple interpretation and diverse ways of looking at things. Number eight, slow looking helps you to stop being busy. So I recently heard in a podcast that Darwin only works worked for a couple of hours a day and he spent the rest of his time on long walks and thinking. Now, today's culture of being busy all the time, being productive, is stopping us experimenting and trying new things and spending time just, well, thinking. So giving yourself the chance, the time to spend slowly looking at things might help you shake up the way you see things and find the answers you've been looking for. And rediscovering the ability to really look at things closely is a wonderful alternative to life in the fast lane. Slow looking helps you to avoid jumping to conclusions. So by taking the time to look slowly, we can avoid hasty interpretations, knee-jerk reactions and hurried conclusions. So I always start any group programme with observation as I believe that taking the time to carefully observe an object first can prevent participants from making those hurried conclusions. That feeling of, I just don't get it, I just don't understand it, I don't like it, becomes less important if we're actively involved in observing and describing first. So the act of observation actually allows interpretations to flow more naturally once the slow looking has taken place first. Number 10, everyone can take part in this. So I firmly believe that anyone can look at and discuss art. You don't need to be an art historian and you certainly don't need to have any prior experience or art training to look at a painting. In fact, prior knowledge and experience can sometimes be a hindrance. So I use artworks as visual information, as tools, and in order to read them, I design and lead activities around what we see. By allowing slow guided discovery to take place and asking questions, we enable participants to learn about the artwork themselves without instruction from us. 
So as such, I'm pretty confident that by doing this, we're teaching tools and techniques that can be used by our participants for looking at art on their own without an educator. So we're nearly there. Number 11, group connections. So slow looking can take place on your own or in groups. But when you get a group of people together to start seeing, noticing and experiencing an artwork together, something really magical happens. When you practice slow looking in groups, we naturally start to build off the ideas of others and think together. Somebody in the group will say something that will spark a thought in your mind or make you notice something you haven't seen before. And building explanations through slow looking together is a really enjoyable experience. And number 12, foster curiosity. When you discuss and explore objects, it fires up curiosity and leads to a multitude of questions, ideas and themes. It's a case of the more you look, the more you see, the more interesting the object becomes. And this curiosity to find out more drives the discussion because the group keep wondering and keep asking questions and keep wanting the discussion to continue. And after the discussion, participants leave wanting to return and learn more about the objects too. So that's my 12 reasons to get started with slow looking. Hopefully that's fired up some curiosity for you yourself to have a go, whether as an individual, as part of a daily practice or a weekly practice, or with some of your groups and participants. So thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoy listening to some of the many benefits of slow looking. I hope it's encouraged you to give it a go or maybe to make it a regular practice. Or maybe you want to try out some slow looking in your programs or even embed it across a range of programs. I'd love to hear which of the 12 reasons resonated with you most. Now, if you want to make slow looking a regular part of your life and practice, then do join us in the Slow Looking Club. This is our Facebook group for the podcast. Our current monthly theme is Light and Shadow, and we'd love to see you there. That's it for this week. Hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.